It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. And welcome to Dr. Mara Cartel and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time, that's 6 p.m. Eastern, and it's 3 p.m. Pacific Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakartel.com. And today is Sunday, August the 5th, and I am back in beautiful but very hot Austin, Texas, and I hope wherever you are, you're staying cool. I know Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment is staying cool, um, producing this program from the brand-new cool Starbucks in Port Isabel, Texas, down in the Rio Grande Valley. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, Deborah Chang will join us from out west to talk about her new best-selling book, First Mistake, Facing Death, Finding Love a love story about defying the odds, and a spiritual memoir about the search for identity, partnership, and the meaning of life. And then later in the program, a friend of the program, an amazing musician, internationally recognized violist, recording artist, composer, holistic healer, and first violist for the New York Tatra, Dr. Karen Olsen joins us once again from New York. And along the way, I will give another update about the situation of the children separated from the parents at the border, and then I will follow that with a sneak peek into my new book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, to discuss the chapter about staying positive in spite of all the bad news. And now before I go any further... Um, Samantha, the manager of the new beautiful Starbucks in Port Isabel, where Art is producing the program, is going to say a few words. Good evening, yeah. Samantha. She's, she'll be here in just a second. She's on the uh, drive-thru right now. People are coming in finally. It's been a quiet day, but okay, <laughs> she, she should be coming up in a second. It's a it's a great store, and here she well, is. Well, okay. Hi, thank you. This is Starbucks in Port Isabel. Hi, Samantha. Thank you Hi. so much for thank you so much for letting Art produce our radio show from there. Of course. I'm so glad to hear that a Starbucks opened in Port Isabel because I've so spent a lot we. of time out there. <laughs> and it sounds like you're busy. Oh, just a bit, you know. As long as they keep us busy, we're staying here. Yes. <laughs> so uh, now I have a new place to hang out when I go down there. How long have you of been course. open? We've been open for about two months already. Okay. And where are you yeah. located? So we're located on Highway um, 100 and um, Highway 48. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if right anybody. the HEV. Okay. All right, right on the main road there. So if yeah. anybody is listening who's down there, there's a new Starbucks in town. Yay. <laughs> Yay, right. yes. It's time to miss us. Yes. Welcoming faces, nice coffee. I mean, what else What else could you want? Nothing. 
Exactly. Thank you so much, Samantha. Okay. I'll let you get back to your customers. Have a good evening. Thank you. Have a nice evening. Thanks. All right. All right. You can continue with the program now. All right. Thank you, Art. (laughs) All right. So, um, for those of you just tuning in, For those of you just tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist practicing here in Austin, Texas, and in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, and I have been evaluating veterans for PTSD, and part of the time, my office is in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas, and for information about this great resource for veterans and for veterans' families, you can check out their website, Heroes Night Out. And if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests during the program, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me during the program, and I will read them on the air. And my email address is drmara, D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakartel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, drmarakartel.com, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight, along with all of the website links given by my guests on the program. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash, your golden years. And for information about this show, to listen to previous programs and read about them, find out about my launch of my book, and to purchase the Kindle of my book right now, everything is at my website, drmarakartel.com. And be sure to follow me on Facebook for the updates about this radio show, Dr. Mara Carpel, Your Golden Years. And for updates about the book, you can go to Facebook, The Passionate Life by Dr. Mara Carpel. And this evening's program is sponsored by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Spiked Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909 or send him an email to rdevere at austin.rr.com. That's R-D-E-V-E-R-E. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. We're going to run a few of our sponsors' commercials. And when we come back, author Deborah Chang will be joining us to talk about her best-selling book, 
first mistake, facing death and finding love. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the facts. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's new book is now available on Kindle. The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age by Dr. Mara Carpell, host of your golden years, is ready for your reading pleasure. And remember to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpel.com. And now joining us on the phone, we have author Deborah Chang to talk about her new best-selling book, First Finding Life. Deborah, welcome. Hey, hey, Dr. Mara, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Congratulations on your new book. Yeah, thanks, and you too. Thank you. <laughs> so, I've been reading it, and it's uh, and I and I really love it. Oh, I'm I'm so glad to hear that. Um, and I have to tell you that I read your book while I was on vacation in New York and I was riveted by it. So um, yeah. I'm I'm glad that it's it's now out in print now. It, right? Yeah it is. You can get it in paperback now. Great. Great. So, you know, before we launch into talking about the book, why don't you uh, about your background? Sure. Um so I got my bachelor's degree in anthropology at uh, Barnard College, Columbia University, um, and I got a master's degree in urban planning and public administration from the um, Wagner School of um, Public Service. Um, and I've actually had a kind of diverse uh, career background where um, initially I worked for uh, the mayor's office on homelessness in New York City for um, initially for um, Mayor Koch, and then uh, four years under um, David Dinkins, um, and then moved to the Department of Homeless Services um, under Dinkins, and then uh, for a very short time uh, for uh, Mayor Giuliani, um, and then moved down to Washington, D.C. to work for a nonprofit uh, homeless advocacy um, organization. Um, then, then I actually completely changed careers and, and ended up working for uh, biotech for the next uh, 20 years um, before I um, decided to, to make another change and, and become a social purpose entrepreneur. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. author as well. Right. That's a big one. So, so what what inspired you to to write this book? I mean, I, we're going to talk about the story, but you know, what made you write it? What made you write about it? So it's actually interesting. I, I um, started it over 20 years ago um, between my career in homeless advocacy and my career in biotech. Um, and it was, it was almost like a calling. I almost felt compelled to, to start writing it. I, I had this idea that um, the, the name came to me, the, the idea of the book and how I um, almost felt like God was calling me to write this book. Um, and so I started it over 20 years ago, um, and wrote probably about a third of it. Uh, and then, um, actually kind of ran out of money and said, I got to go back to work and start making a living again. Um, and so went back, got a completely different and very successful career in, in biotech. Um, and that sort of stopped me for, for uh, this 20 year period where I was, you know, making money and feeling like I was, um, you know, taking care of my family and everything and, and doing what uh, was sort of expected of me um, in my mm-hmm. career. Um, but I just kept um, feeling called back to it. Um, and, and I, you know, maybe in the, the 20 years uh, from when I had started it to, to when I finished it, I maybe wrote a couple of chapters um, until uh, I ended up uh, leaving my career in biotech and, and finishing, um, deciding to finish the book and, and, um, and kind of fill, fulfill what I felt was what I was being called to do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's kind of like that, isn't it, where you just, like, you feel like you just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was sort of mysterious that way. And um, and I and I felt like I had been resisting it um, for about 20 years until I just couldn't resist anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so why don't we talk about what the book is about? Um no, it's, yeah, it sounds very deep. <laughs> um, so it's it's both a love story about um, defying the odds and and even um, what at the time was uh, I believe certain death of my of my partner, um, but also a spiritual memoir about um, you know trying to understand my own identity what it's like to be a, a partner of somebody and then, and then also big questions about the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, it starts um, initially with, with the trauma um, at the age of nine when uh, my caregiver um, was babysitting my brother and I and, and passed away uh, essentially under my hands. Um, and I, you know, I witnessed it and felt even partially responsible for his death. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then from there, he becomes my my kind of spirit guide as I go through the rest of my life trying to understand, um, you know, make sense of the world around me. Um, right. I love how he, how you have these conversations with him throughout the book. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of an interesting, um, interesting way to tell the story. I think, um, 
and initially when I was writing it, it was, uh, it was a much more um, kind of almost ap- academic exercise where I, I conceived of it almost as this uh, Socratic dialogue. Um, and, and that got in, in the way of the story. <laughs> and it was um, actually a, a friend of the family, Gordon Parks, who, who read an initial version of the book and, or the first couple chapters and said, you know, I, I think the story is, is really um, more interesting. Um, and I, and it wasn't what I expected. So, so he, uh, he encouraged me to, to throw my first draft down and, and try all over again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe you so, could take us, without giving away too much of the book, maybe you could take us mm-hmm. through a little bit of the journey that you write about. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think some of the, um, you know, the formative uh, stories are really um, experiencing the death of, of my caregiver, um, mm-hmm. really confronting, um, you know, prejudice and being a minority in a predominantly, um, you know, white middle class neighborhood. Um, and then, you know, really coming to grips with my own sexuality. Um, and, uh, and then I think most importantly, the, the love story between my, my, my wife and myself um, and the health challenges she had with um, uh, living with HIV. Mm-hmm. Right, right, which is a pretty um, big challenge especially at the time that she got it right now, you know, we have all sorts of drugs and medication to help people to um, not have it turn into, you know, full-blown AIDS, but that wasn't around at that time, was it? No, she, um, she was diagnosed uh, initially in, in 1986 when it was a death sentence. Um, And, you know, part of, part of the reason that I felt compelled to, to write this story is, is because I feel like her, her life is a miracle. Um, you know, in, in 96, she was actually, uh, you know, diagnosed with full blown AIDS or, um, her doctor had told her that, you know, she had, um, a parasitic infection and was gonna, and was gonna die. Um, mm-hmm. and part of my gratitude is that, uh, you know, I I believe that um, that her life has been saved. Uh, you know, not just one time, probably four times now um, uh-huh. that she has come through um, her illness, and and I feel such gratitude. And I felt like it was uh, it was something that I had to to share and and um, share my gratitude. Mhm. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty big pretty big miracle. <laughs> Yeah, and I think so, um, you know, and I've I've tried to understand miracles as well. I know you write a little bit about um, um, optimism and and um, you know understanding miracles in your book as well. Um, and for me, it's been a challenge not just because uh, you know I felt like I've experienced them, but I also wanted to try to understand why you know how it is that um, uh, you know because I have I have a very strong faith in in. And God, for me, you know, why doesn't, you know, 
how come it doesn't happen all for everybody or what, where is that, you know, how do I make, how do I um, come to understand uh, the miracles that I've experienced with, with my faith? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do you think your experiences <clears throat> that you write about in this book have changed your life? in terms of the way that you see your path in front of you? Um, so I think that uh, for me, the the challenges of life are, are what makes life worth living. Um, mm. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I'm not someone to say you can just, you know, pray everything away and, and make miracles happen. But I think that, you know when when challenges um come if you um, if you accept them and and um confront them head on and um you know in, even if bad things happen but you're accepting of that um and find a way to to continue to um to be you know persevere persevere through it then i think um you know, it makes it makes life worth living, um, mm-hmm. and that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons that I, you know, I, I write the book. Um, you know, the the title of the book is First Mistake, and I and um, and I keep going back to the story of of um, Adam and Eve, um, and the and the Garden of Eden, right. um, because I think that um, you know, for me, it's not about uh, that the um that it wasn't god's punishment really but um but uh an opportunity to um to experience those challenges and and uh find a way to you know live a human life mhm mhm i mean i really like the optimistic view that you have that challenges are what make life worth living that's i think not a commonly held belief <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, you know, I, I have uh, people in my life, like my mother, who are, um, you know, very realistic, and and I often think, you know, very um, cynical and pessimistic. But but I think she she also shares uh, some of that belief that um, you know that the journey is what uh, that makes. Uh, you know, that makes the life, that it's not really a destination, but you, um, but you try to find your way through, through life. And that's what, uh, that, that's what makes it exciting. And that's right. what makes it a human right. life. Yeah. I've heard it said that if you don't experience resistance with, you know, obstacles and resistance, then you're really not moving mm-hmm. forward. You're standing still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, so, you know, do you think, you know, was it difficult for you to pull, put such personal stories down on paper for for every, anyone and everyone to read? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it was a challenge. Um, it is a very personal story and, um, you know, the experiences uh, of, um, uh, you know, especially some of the details of, of my wife's illness and that are, are hard to talk about. Um, 
but I just felt like, you know, it was something that I, um, that I really wanted to share um, because I think that it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. worth, worth sharing. Um, right. Right. Because if you don't get personal, people are not going to be, are really not going to get anything out of it or are not going to be interested. Yeah. And for me, it was just, um, you know, I was trying to understand the questions that I've always had in my life about, you know, what is the meaning of life? What is, um, what makes life worth living? How do you find purpose and meaning? Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I could only do that by sharing my personal stories, I think. Right. Right. I was, I was, I was just about to say, you know, when I started writing my book, writing about situations that I was in and trying to work it out on paper was actually therapy for me. Did you Mm -hmm. find the same thing? Um, Yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, I do a lot of journaling. Um, You know, I've also done therapy before, but, but I often find that the, the, um, the writing is, is something that becomes the, the most uh, valuable therapy for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how long in total did it take you to write this book? Um, it was over 20 years. Um, not not wow. because I was writing the whole time, but because I started 20 years ago um, when, when I first felt compelled to write. Um, and then and then stopped essentially for for twenty years as I focused on my career um, right in biotech. Did you find that the book kind of changed over time as you were writing, especially um, over such a long period? I think uh, you know, especially the ending, because I I didn't know what the ending was going to be when I started it, or I thought I thought I sure. knew what it was going to be until. Um, until you know the year before I or I guess it was maybe six months before I finished it when um when you know I had a year uh, close to six months of of intense challenges um that then made me rethink uh, you know almost everything about the the 20 years that I'd been living um in my career in biotech that uh, I thought that that was fulfilling my purpose. And I realized that it, that it wasn't. And, um, mm-hmm. and so that, that really changed. So, so, you know, essentially the last chapter um, is, is what really changed. Okay. So, um, you know, when we spoke in June, you told me that the book and, um, you know, the events that happened during your life that you wrote about in the book really inspired you to follow your dreams. So, mm-hmm. so what are those dreams now? Um, so the dreams now are to, to be this social purpose entrepreneur. It's, it's trying to um, kind of combine my experiences and working with the economically and socially disadvantaged um, also you know, looking at how public and private partnerships can help solve problems and then um, science and innovation as well. So uh, my the company uh, that I founded um, now that's called Equity Insights is really looking to, to try to provide economic opportunity in, in rural communities like uh, Appalachia and um, the, the Sierras um, by focusing on um, 
you know, products and services for the the um, older for older Americans or older adults mm-hmm. um, oh, wow. with disabilities, and also mm-hmm. um, uh, looking at um, you know trying to find alternatives to um, into plastics. Um, so looking at bioplastics and and other products that can uh, reduce the reliance on uh, plastic waste. Right. So it sounds like you've um, combined your two careers, really. You know, it sounds like, you know, what you were doing in New York was really focused on people that that needed extra help. And then mm-hmm. you got into the, the scientific aspects uh, of life. And now it sounds like you've combined it. Yeah. So it's, um, it's really looking at how um, science and innovation can help solve uh, some of the um, some of the world and some of the, the social problems that we that we have in our country, um, and that's my hope anyway. That's great. That's great. Um, and I, I just have a question. I mean, you know, it sounds like you had to do a lot of thinking and really soul searching. Um, you know how how would you advise listeners? And this kind of goes along with, you know, my whole focus as well. Um, You know, listeners who might be torn between the challenges in their own life and having dreams that they feel like they wish they could follow, but they feel like there are just too many challenges in life. And it seems like, you know, you wrote about some pretty intense challenges and yet you're still following your dreams. So maybe you might have a tip about that. Um, I mean, I think for me, it's it's a belief that that uh, that you can make a difference. Um, and you know, it was interesting when I when I sort of quit my job. I so I quit my job in um, in the nonprofit sector. Uh, you know, that was the, over twenty years ago, and and that was easier when because I was younger and I didn't really have much to lose. Um, uh-huh. But when I when I left uh, biotech, you know, two years ago or a little over two years ago now, um, it was, it was harder because I, I had more to lose or I felt like I had more to lose. Um, but I, I, you know, it was almost like um, the universe or God or whatever that forces um, was, was telling me or making it almost impossible for me not to, not to follow that dream. Um I, I think, um, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, there's no way that you can really uh, succeed unless you have belief, uh, and, and that's um, belief in yourself or belief in your ability to, to make a difference. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the, the case with any, you know, anybody who's uh, really successful in any career, whether it's sports or you know, being an entrepreneur, artist. Um, and, and I found that that was something um, that, that occurred in my life as well. I mean, the, the ability of, uh, of my wife, um, you know, making it through uh, an AIDS diagnosis, you know, I think that wouldn't have been possible if, if we didn't have the, the faith that it, that it could happen. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think for your listeners who are torn between, you know, their own, 
um, dreams and, and the challenges of, of daily life. I, I think they just have to, um, you know, find, find what, uh, you know, can give them joy um, and can make and give them purpose. And it's not always about just, um, you know, making money and, and succeeding because that, that was happening for me um, as I was working in biotech until, until I just felt like that wasn't giving me enough um, meaning. Right. Right. So, you know, it's worth it to take that risk. I think so. And, and I think that, um, you don't, you only, um, learn by taking risks and learn by, um, Mm -hmm. even, even failing sometimes. I mean, that's, that's how you learn the most. Right. Well, the most successful people are people who have failed the most. So (laughs) because they've taken the most risks. But you certainly, your life has certainly been one in which you follow your, you know, what you're being called to do and you don't try to push it away. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's true, although, as I said, I did push it away for for a good 20 years um, Mm -hmm. doing what I I felt like um, people wanted me to do. Um, Not that, you know, not that I minded, you know, making money and being successful in a, in a career that I felt made a difference, but, um, but I think I, you know, I had more to to give on my own um, that wasn't Uh just through, through another company. Right. So, so how can people find out more about your company, Equity Insights? Um, so Equity Insights is, um, our website is just Equity Insights, and that's I-N-C-I-T-E-S um, dot com. And, uh, and we're actually going to be doing an um, campaign shortly uh, where we're going to try to uh, get some capital funds to help us uh, with, the, um, with the production, a mass production of our first uh, product. Uh, for the disabled, which is called the Grabber Done. It's a, a cane and grabber in one. Um, and then also uh, raise some capital to to um, be able to start um, purchasing and, and distributing uh, products that are uh, bioplastic alternatives to plastic. Great, great. And, of course, how do people find out about your book and, and order a copy of your great book? Um, I think the easiest way is uh, to go to Amazon.com and search for First Mistake Chang, C-H-A-N-G, or First Mistake um, Facing Death. Uh, either one of those things will um, will bring it up easily. Okay. Okay. And, I, and I'm going to also post a link on my um, on the website post about this show after the program so that if people didn't have their pen and paper ready, they could always go there and just click on it. And okay, I'll them right great. to your page. Yeah, yeah. So I wish you the best of luck in, with your book and with your new, uh, your new company. Yeah, thank you very much. And best of luck with your book, too. I'm, I hope uh, thank you. all your listeners will, will get a copy as well. Too. <laughs> all right. Well, let's stay in touch because I'd really like to hear what you're doing. It's yeah, pretty exciting. You. Maybe maybe come back on the program to talk about your company after, you know, after you get some traction. Yeah, definitely. That would be great. 
Okay, great. Well, you have a good evening, and thank you so much for for coming on the program and and talking about your your book. I think it's a great story. Um, I I do highly recommend it for listeners. Well, thank you and very much. Thanks for having me. And you have a good evening. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. So we're going to take a brief break. Uh, We have lots more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Worry about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the facts. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's new book is now available on Kindle. The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age by Dr. Mara Carpell, host of Your Golden Years, is ready for your reading pleasure. And remember to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and Your Golden Years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaracarpell.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And um, before I launch into my discussion uh, for this evening and a sneak peek into my book, um, and then later in the show we listen to Karen Olson on her viola, I just want to um, talk about some news. I, I recently wrote a blog that is at thriveglobal.com and it's on medium.com and you can um, read it on my website. You just go to my website, drmaricarpel.com and click on publications. Um, the link to that blog will be there. And it is basically a prologue to my book it's a, it's so that, you know, for those who want to have an idea about what it's about, that is the prologue. Now, if you order the book on Kindle or if you take a look at the book without ordering it, they do give you um, – I am actually going to give – last week I did as well – some sneak peeks into chapters that you can't get for free. Um, so um, this evening I'll be talking about Chapter 8. And uh, what else? And as the um, – the announcement said the book is on Kindle. It is on sale right now for 99 cents. It won't be 99 cents forever. It is just for a few weeks. Um, so this is the best time to buy it. And even if you don't have a Kindle, you can download to your 
smartphone, doesn't matter what brand, um, your iPad or even a, a, a laptop computer. And, um, yeah, so you can get a head start before the book hard launches into soft cover, and it will be in print and soft cover on September the 10th. After that, you can order the soft cover book online or catch me at one of the book signings where you can buy a copy right there. All right, so enough with that. Uh, so before, you know, I, I want to talk about the topic in the chapter 8 of my book. And the chapter is called Staying Positive in Spite of All of the Bad News. And um, But I want to start by talking about a news issue that has been really hard for me to deal with. So this chapter will help to gain some insight in dealing with um, issues that are really hard to deal with. And so for me, the one issue that I have a very hard time dealing with is the issue of the children on the border. And every time there is news about it, um, it really bothers me. And we all have our own opinions about what's happening in the world and what's happening in our country. Um, there's no reason why my opinion about most issues is any more important than anyone else's opinion. And so I don't see any reason to talk about, you know, political issues on on the show because you know we all have our own opinion. Um, I'm passionate about my work as a psychologist and 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 my work through this program, helping people through my program, through my book, through my blogs, my presentations, and I feel compassion for all of the people that I help and all of my clients, my listeners, my readers, no matter what their opinions are, no matter what your opinions are about what's happening in the world, my compassion is no less or no more based on your opinions about what's happening in the world. And usually I don't know what your opinions are, although some people volunteer that to me. It doesn't change the amount of compassion that I have. So I don't really talk about it. I don't want to turn people off based on my opinion that people will feel that I'm not listening to them because that that just isn't true. But sometimes there's an issue that comes along that I feel requires me to speak out rather than remaining silent. And I feel that in this particular issue, the one thing that I can do so that I'm not so helpless, um, and we, uh, we'll talk about this when I talk about um, the the topic of staying positive, is that what I have to give is that I can inform people, not my opinion, but what I know as a mental health expert. What I know based on research, based on experience, and based on being affiliated with a professional organization that is completely research-based, the American Psychological Association, as well as the backing of the consensus of the American Psychiatric Association and the whole mental health community. Um, And this issue is the issue of separating children from their parents along the border. I don't see this as a political issue. It's about protecting children, and I believe that most Americans are in favor of protecting children no matter what. 
Um, as a mental health professional, I am a mandated reporter of child abuse. That means that I have to let authorities know when I have, when I sus- even suspect that there's been any sort of abuse of a child. So it would be neglectful of me and unethical of me not to speak out and warn about harm that I have seen being perpetrated on children that I'm aware of. And having spent the past 25 years working with adults and elderly, I have seen the lifelong consequences of childhood trauma. Forcefully removing children from their parents causes such a trauma and can lead to lifelong mental health issues, including post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, and difficulty forming healthy relationships. Because of this, family court judges and child protective service workers will not remove children from their parents without proof of danger, imminent danger, if they were to stay in the company of those parents because it's detrimental to those children to be separated from their parents. And and so they have to do a, they have to weigh which is more detrimental, taking children from their parents or the situation that they would be in if they were to stay with their parents. Um, It's so detrimental that both the American Psychiatric Association and the American Psychological Association came out with statements against the policy that went into effect in May of this year um, zero tolerance policy of removing parent, children from their parents at the border. Now, apparently, this has stopped. Most of the children are still separated from their parents. And I think, you know, rather than turning a blind eye to it, I've heard all sorts of very flippant comments from people who I really, really respect and feel that they have compassion. They really shocked me. Um, in the lack of compassion on this issue. And compassion is our deepest nature, and that's what Jack Kornfield wrote in The Wise Heart. But we sometimes lose sight of this understanding and compassion within us, and we get caught up in um, our tribal nature where we we have compassion only for those people in our own family and our own um, churches and our own um, in our own environment and our own tribes and and the outsiders, those people that we see as others, we tend to not have the same compassion. And you know it, you know I think we need to really the true nature of compassion and understanding that we are all connected and there really is no other versus ourselves not, you know, I have to take care of myself or the other will win. Children are precious no matter where they're from, no matter what they look like. Children are precious. And um, those children that come from South America that have come here with their parents seeking asylum and maybe, you know, uh, it didn't fit with what is legal, the children are no less precious than your children, my children, grandchildren, my grandchildren, um, the children of the people in my family or my friends. They're no less precious. Um, 
And so one of the most powerful things that we can do to find meaning in our lives is to help others. So we have to find a way to help people um, in this situation. And one way is by speaking out and let, you know, for me, it's letting people know that this is going on and and the effects of it. Um, there, we've heard stories about abuse in these facilities that are holding the children as well as um, forcing some of the children to take to take medication, to be over-medicated so that they can be easily managed. All of this is causing trauma, lifelong trauma in these children. And um, there was a story that came out just a few days ago on July 30th um, about a young girl named Philomena who was five years old, who's five years old, who was taken from her father on May 16th and her father has been deported back to Guatemala, and Philomena is still here. And she cries every day and even vomits from distress because she is traumatized and she cannot get back to her father. Um, her father has been desperately trying to recover his little girl, and he has had no luck. So Philomena is one of 431 migrant children who remain in the U.S. under government custody while their parents have been removed from the country for um, the only illegal act that they um, did was they crossed the border illegally asking and then asked for asylum. And in this case, it's, you know, this is a difficult case, but it's even worse for other parents because some of those parents are very, are from very hard to reach rural areas in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. And some of them are fleeing from persecution, so they can't stay home. Um, if they stay home, they're facing immediate danger or death, and that's why they left in the first place. So it's not even possible to find some of those parents. So, you know, that is the situation with that. There are many organizations that are like grassroots organizations that people have put together to try to reunite parents and children, especially those parents and children who are still here in the United States. Um, there is a group that... Um, that kind of forms like a train bringing people from um, the border, the parents from the border up to wherever their children are. Um, some have been moved to New York um, so that they could be reunited and helping to raise money, GoFundMe account to pay all of the expenses because these people don't have the money. Most of the families don't have the money for the expenses to do this, and they have been left on their own to take care of their own expenses. So um, I, if you do a search on um, these, you know, on, on different groups that are helping, um, I'm going to, I forgot the name, there is one that one group that has formed this train. I'm going to post it on my website link later this evening. So if you feel 
that you want to get involved or you want to donate money to help each of the families, um, you can do that through their website. So I'm going to post that, and there are many organizations like that that have that have cropped up. So and so. I want to talk about this issue of being able to stay positive in spite of such issues. Like this particular issue has gotten under my skin. It's touched nerves. So how do I stay positive? How do I keep moving forward and being able to help people rather than feel paralyzed by such a difficult challenge? And I really like what Deborah Chang said, which is that challenges kind of what life is about and they help us to move forward. So if we can find a way to turn these challenges into meaningful opportunities, then that's a positive that we can get out of get out of it for ourselves and in helping the world. Um, so, you know, I, I quoted at the top of this chapter Mahatma Gandhi's statement, well-known statement, be the change you want to see in the world. When we hear all of this bad news and um, that constantly, it, it seems to be happening faster and faster, and or at least we're getting the news faster and faster now that we have so much technology at our fingertips and 24-hour news stations, um, we sometimes feel stuck because we feel we hear so much bad news. And, you know, sometimes the um, the reaction is to turn off the news completely and just numb ourselves. Um, people numb themselves by getting, watching sports all the time. Now, there's nothing wrong with watching sports. I'm not trying to knock that. Um, but if that becomes your whole focus and watching whatever game is going on that day of the year, there's a different professional sports game every day of the year, um, then that's a way of numbing yourself. That's like taking drugs. And, of course, there are the obvious ways of numbing ourselves like alcohol and drugs. Um, that doesn't help the situation. That just That just makes us less mindful. It makes us um, less aware of what's going on in the world and even less aware of ourselves and our own feelings. Because even if we don't pay attention to what's going on in the world, we feel it. We all feel We all have the ability to feel what's going on around us. And we don't always recognize that. And, you know, we talk a lot on the show about mindfulness meditation. Um, that's a way of really becoming more attuned to why we're feeling the way we're feeling. Um, but we're all, we all have that ability to feel what's going on around us unless we completely numb ourselves. And so if we numb ourselves, we've given up our ability to really feel, which is not a positive thing. It may seem very tempting, but it's not a positive thing. Um, the opposite, opposite of that is to get caught up in the obsession of watching the news all the time and having a... Stay tuned constantly and checking your phone constantly to find out what the latest thing is that's going on. And what that does is it puts you into instantly having that fight or flight reaction and releasing adrenaline and cortisol, which is very bad for your health, and it, and it mentally and emotionally will drain you and become exhausted. You will become exhausted. And we can develop 
what's called compassion fatigue, which leaves us emotionally numb, socially isolated, and withdrawn from life. And this can lead to anxiety, chronic stress, and depression. And it can certainly get in the way of following our dreams and creating more positivity in the world and doing things to help other people. Um, So the question that I often ask myself in order to loosen the grip of anxiety about the news is, will I allow this to defeat me? And my answer is always no. I'm not going to let this defeat me. And how can I get past it? Well, we can do something positive. We can we can create good news. We can do something positive in the world. We can create um, kindness and generosity, a ripple effect. If we do something kind and generous, um, it will have an effect on all the people around us. They will feel desire to do something kind and generous, and it'll just keep rippling and spiraling out in a positive way. So, in effect, we are we will become the change that we want to see in the world. Um, in this chapter, I quote um, the interview with the barefoot doctor Stephen Russell, who also wrote the foreword to the book, and. Um, so I urge you to read the chapter or listen to our um, interview that we did in 2017. You can find that by going to blogtalkradio.com or my website and just put in his name as a search, put in Barefoot Doctor, and you can hear the whole interview and you can read it in the book. And he talks about being able to deal with bad news and still stay positive and still influence in the world. So here are some of my tips based on the tips of some of the experts that I've interviewed on the program, books that I've read, and things that I have done that help me and help my clients. Um, Number one, feel what you feel and accept reality. So Dr. David Ricco, who was on this program, wrote in his book, The Five Things We Cannot Change. And basically, one of the five things is that pain is a given of life. And if we try to avoid feeling it um, rather than embracing it as a signal that we are alive, um, it will cause greater suffering because, again, we will have to numb ourselves and keep running away from it. Um, And then, as I've seen with my clients who've experienced traumatic events, that when we try to numb ourselves and numb our emotions, um, we can't just pick and choose which emotions we want to numb. We end up being able to feel any of our emotions, including joyfulness and happiness. Um, So we need to really be present and accept that the pain is there. And as Jack Cornfield wrote in his book, The Wise Heart, acceptance allows us to relax and open to the facts before us. It doesn't mean that we cannot work to improve things, but just now this is what it is so. It is not passivity. It is a courageous step in the process of transformation. 
So we need to accept what is as being reality before we can actually change it. And if we numb ourselves and live in a bubble so that we don't experience pain, then we can't accept what is. And then the second tip is to try to avoid social media debates. And I've learned this lesson the hard way. Um, it usually starts off innocently when we engage in what we believe is a very respectful disagreement. And somehow, um, you know, it turns into something that is less than respectful no opinions are changed other than people are very angry at each other and think terrible things about each other. And um, it drains us. So while healthy debate is positive, um, you know, venting with other people and talking to people who you don't really know very well or who have completely different opinions very often can lead to um, draining us and causing more anger. Um, Very often um, issues have shades of gray, but when we deal with things on a computer screen, we usually um, tend to see things in black and white, and that's what gets us in trouble. Another tip, do not feed the Internet trolls. So there are people out there whose sole purpose is to start an argument. They actually don't care about the topic that they're discussing um, or arguing with you about. They just want to get you to feel bad. So um, the best way to deal with Internet trolls is to not respond. Just ignore them, and they will go away because they're not getting what they want. And then tip number four, take a bad news break by looking for good news. So decide on the time when you're going to turn off the news, and that means news from TV, radio, social media, Internet news outlets, or any other source from which you receive your news for a period of time, not forever. You do need to stay tuned to what's going on to make a change, but we need to take breaks from it. And, um, you know, most of the time when we watch the news, it's going to be bad news because that is, frankly, the bread and butter of most news sources because that's what brings up the ratings when there's bad news. So look for places where you can find good news. So look on, you know, spiritual websites or positive websites like Deepak Chopra has a website with all kinds of interesting, uplifting articles, or Eckhart Tolle, if you go to EckhartTolle.com, or um, Live Happy magazine, they have an online version as well as in paper, and it's all positive news. Even magazines like AARP have a lot of positive news stories. So, um, you know, looking for good news, is a really good antidote for feeling like everything is negative. Um, Now, tip number five is what I was talking about earlier, and that is finding meaning. So getting involved. Um, When you see people suffering, 
do something to change it. Do what you can. You can't change, you know, know that you can't change the whole situation, but if you can participate in making a change, then you don't feel helpless. You feel um, energized by it. And, you know, and things start to really, you, you can start energizing other people and things can really start to change. Um, so, you know, we have to understand that change often takes time. So if we get frustrated because it, things didn't change in the world the first day that we volunteered, then then we're really defeating ourselves. We have to expect that change will take time. But doing whatever we can to help. As I said, random acts have a ripple effect. Um, volunteering for a cause that you feel very... Um, strongly about, helping at a soup kitchen or a nursing home or an animal shelter, um, donating money to to organizations that you know are helping um, people who need more help, getting involved in even the, the company that um, Deborah Chang spoke about on this program. Her company um, is... Equity Insights is about helping people through um, ecologically sound products and helping people who to be able to live easier lives when their lives have been so challenged. So those sorts of things really actually can help tremendously not only um, in making yourself feel better, but in helping other people. And take a technology holiday. Just take a day off where you walk in the in nature. Um, walking in nature helps to give you a greater perspective, and it feels really good. And turning off all of your technology. TV, radio, um, computer, smartphone, tablet, turning all of that off and just enjoying being in the world, taking a walk in nature, as I said, doing some meditation, um, doing some yoga, doing some exercise. All of those things help us to be able to stay centered when the world around us is chaotic. Um, and, I, and I've written, um, well, really the whole book, The Passionate Life, is um, filled with tips on how to stay centered, given by myself and by the various guests that I've had on the radio program, from um, the chapter on tips for manifesting the relaxation response, um, the chapter reducing stress, uh, chapter 6, 12 Causes to Get Back on Track, and that's towards following your dream. And um, Cornfield states so beautifully in his book, No Time Like the Present, we have the laughter of the wise, the freedom to choose our spirit no matter the circumstances. We have the freedom to love amid the glorious, terrifying, and unshakable beauty of it all. We have the wisdom and courage to care sweetly in this fleeting, evanescent play of days. 
So, you know, as always, we have the choice about how we feel. We will focus on the empty or the full glass. And remember that with fullness, we have the nourishment, the energy, love, and creativity to create more beauty and fullness in this cracked world. Um, So as I write in that chapter at the end, the world is calling, and will you answer the call? So on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with another guest who will help us to be able to um, be aware of more beauty in the world. Um, the, the very talented uh, violist, internationally recognized violist, a recording artist. She's first violist for the New York Pop Orchestra, and she's also um, a healer, and she uses music for healing. So um, don't go anywhere. We're going to be back with Dr. Karen Olson. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Dr. Mara's new book is now available on Kindle. The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age by Dr. Mara Carpell, host of your golden years, is ready for your reading pleasure. And remember to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years. Specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia, Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com.
And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell in your golden years right here on Blog Talk Radio and on live stream and podcast at drmaracarpell.com. And we were just playing a piece written and performed by our next guest, internationally recognized violist, recording artist, composer, holistic healer, and first violist for the New York Pops Orchestra whose CD, Timeless Being, has been ranked number one on multiple charts, and now her latest release, Song Path, is the highest-ranking debut album on the Billboard chart for New Age Music. Dr. Karen Olson is now joining us once again from New York. Good evening, Karen. Good evening. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is Thank really a great honor. Thank you for being it's so it's always so wonderful to have you on the program. Oh, yes, thank you. It's a beautiful community <laughs> you've gathered together. Yeah. So Karen, congratulations on your latest achievement. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So, yeah, it's been an exciting path. Yeah. So so where where what are you doing these days aside from Ranking high in the billboards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. I've had this dream for so long that I know we've talked about of about finding all the ways that I can to share the healing and transformative power of music. And I just finished my book called Sound Path: Using the Power of Sound and Silence for Health, Harmony, and Happiness. And uh-huh. and so I'm very excited about that. They'll be coming out in. September. And oh, that's awesome. The, yeah, yes, and congratulations on your book. That's Thank really you. exciting. So it is quite a journey to write a book, and I had this dream that I'd have a CD to go along with it that would kind of help express what I wanted people to experience in the ways that my words couldn't. And this CD just became this huge project that was filled with miracles, and I'm very excited about it, that it just finished um, and was released July 13th. Wow. So, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So that has kept me busy, and, and it's exciting where each new project can take me with all the people that I met, and and I just keep mm-hmm. meeting, and it's it's opening up new worlds for me, so it's... It's really exciting. Now, are you still playing with the New York Pops Orchestra? Yes, that's fun. We have a Carnegie Hall series with lots of great artists that we um, perform with, and it's always a lot of fun during the year. That's mostly October through May, and then we play Mm -hmm. at Forest Hill Stadium in the summer a little bit as well. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's fun too. Yeah, you're busy. Uh, oh well, it's, I think everyone's busy, but it's. It, I feel yes. blessed to be doing things that I, I'm passionate about. Mhm. Mhm. So yes. we just played. Yep. We just played one of your one of your pieces. Was that from the new CD? Yes, that was called "Moving Higher," and the CD is arranged according to this acronym that I have called STRINGS, because it's uh-huh. about using vibrations that's within us and within every 
bit of matter and being and how we communicate subconsciously is through the vibrations. And so it's a process of using the vibrations to kind of help you create new neural pathways and to do things in new ways where you might have been stuck or have had pain or something that you just want to have different. So the first one is surrender for the S and then trust, review, where you look over things that you might want to change and inspiration, listening for messages and then new ways where you actually need to get up and move and do something new and then gratitude, grace and giving and then serenity and silence. So the pieces are kind of arranged that way with two in the beginning. So this one is for trust. And um, birds and the nature sounds of the dolphins just make me think about nature and how we're a part of something bigger and that we aren't alone and we can just reach out and find help and find that the balance and beauty and bounty mm-hmm. that is around us and in nature. So that's what that track is about. Awesome. Okay, so we're yeah. we're gonna play the second track that was sent. I think it's reminding. Oh yes, yes, that one is about looking over, stepping back, and looking over your past and patterns and anything that you might find that you might want to change. And there's a chorus, a little um, lyric in the middle that kind of refers to dolphins and how they send sound out. And the way they can navigate, which they do so well, is by how the sound rebounds back to them. So it kind of refers to just using your ability to sense things and hear things on new levels when you look at your life. So hang on. Um, don't okay. hang up. Thank we're, you. We're going we're gonna to play a little of that track. Great. Okay.
Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, so Karen, I know this is not your first CD. You, how many CDs do you have now? Oh, uh, I've I, eight. I have eight CDs. Eight. And yeah. Oh, in the last since we last talked, my in May I received an award from the Zone Music Reporter of the Best Neoclassical Album of the Year. There was a big award show in New Congratulations. Orleans. Congratulations. So. That was a lot of fun. Yes. And my yeah. billboard was also number nine for classical, which was quite wow. big. Because I was big, up with big orchestras and everything. So it's pretty exciting for me to be acknowledged in the classical world yeah. as well. Yes, that is wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so if people are interested in getting in buying any of your CDs or Finding out when your book is ready um, to read and purchasing oh, it, which I would love to do as well. Um, how can they do all of that? Oh, thank you. If you could visit my website, which is um, k-a-r-e-n-o-l-s-o-n.com. Okay. And it's also Karenolson.com. Yeah, that would be great. And there's a newsletter sign up and... It also is on iTunes and Amazon and different sites like that, but it would be fun to keep in touch about my book. Yes. Yes, definitely. I'm very interested. So is it so it's coming out in print in September? Yes, it is. Yeah. Awesome. So it's Yeah. It's like giving Good birth. Good luck with that. Yes, oh, I, thank I, you. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> It's a really so, big growing experience. Um, before we go, um, we're going to be playing your the, the last song that you sent us um, as we go off the air. So I'd like to have you talk about it just a little bit first. Um, it's Serenity. Oh, yes. I love to play Serenity. It's It's about leaving space in your life. Because sometimes it's very uncomfortable to have silence, but when you mm-hmm. have a space, you can it can be filled with peace, and you can hear messages and truth more easily. So I really like to connect to all of our guidance when I play, and it's my prayer that it would be uh, connecting to the people that hear it. So I was able mm-hmm. to play that, and there's some crystal bowls and bowed vibraphone and soft melt vibraphone and then the singer who Olivia Myhoffer who sang on the C D sings some sounds that I I feel are sound like voices, angels. Very so, nice. Yes. So yeah. I did get a question from a listener asking if you use a score when you play or is it freeform? Oh, what a great question. Yes. In fact, I composed or co-composed all these pieces with a score. And in the studio, I did adapt it and do some free improv in sections that weren't really working and learned a lot about letting go, what didn't work. And in the past, I had just improvised and then edited afterwards. But this is a really satisfying experience to have the music planned and mm-hmm. some improvisation, but there right. was a score, and it, 
was just a much um, easier experience in terms of mm-hmm. working with the music in the in in the studio. So yes, it was right out. Okay, okay, all right. Good, good question. All right, so. So Karen, we're gonna, as I said, we're going to play that Serenity um, track as we go off the air, and um, I just want to thank you again so much for coming back on the program, and wish you the best of luck in the launch of things that you're doing, and congratulations on all the recent accomplishments. And um, I hope to see you again soon on one of my upcoming trips to New York. I would love that. Thank you so much, and blessings to everybody. Thank you. All right. Really well, appreciate it. Well, let's be it. in touch. Thank I you. I know you have a busy, busy life, but we'll just we'll see if oh, we can do it. Oh, <laughs> we will. We will. It's all possible. Okay. All Thank right. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Blessings. You have a okay. good evening. You Bye-bye. too. Thank you. All right. So before we play that last tune and Art knocks us off the air, let me tell you what's coming up next week next Sunday August the 12th we'll be back with another live show from our Austin studio with the owner and CEO of Senior Helpers Frank Hayes and with his wife Moir who is the care team leader for Senior Helpers and also Chad Scott will be our musical guest artist to share some of his music to lift your spirits a later show Chad will be our guest speaker um, talking about yoga, but first we will hear his original music next week. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this program and get the website link, just go to my website, drmaricarpel.com, and you can hear all of the previous programs um, right here on Blog Talk Radio by going to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash years. And for all of the other information, um, go to my website, drmaricarpel.com. And this program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald Revere, and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Deborah Chang and Karen Olson. And, of course, thank you to Art. And thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Tonight, everyone. Stay cool.
Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Thank you.